And now the show that's all about real estate and a little bit about everything else. Hosted by two guys that are too embarrassed to admit in public how long they've been investing in real estate. It is the Investor Guys podcast with host Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills. Hey, Bill, how is it going? And everybody else, uh, welcome to our special Tuesday edition of the Investor Guys podcast. Uh, first off, Bill, how you doing? I'm doing incredibly well, sir. And you, my friend? I am doing have great. have a great weekend? A great weekend. How about yourself? Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, got to watch the, uh, not live, but on TV, got to watch the Alabama-Florida game, which turned out to be an amazing uh, ball game, fun to watch. Uh, we watched um, yesterday, or no, sorry, day before yesterday, Saturday, we watched that new Clint Eastwood film, uh, Cry Macho. Ah. Um, and your review? You know what? It is. It was good. It was touching. Uh, not what you'd expect from a Clint Eastwood film, really. Um, but uh, it, nine, maybe eight and a half out of ten. It was good. Um, it is on uh, HBO Max. So if you don't want to go to the theater, if you have HBO Max, you can watch it. Uh, so it's in theaters right now. It came out Friday uh, or it's on HBO Max. It was on HBO Max well, on Friday as well. You know, the last few films that he has done have been um, very, very different. Well, once he made Unforgiven, everything from Unforgiven forward has been very different uh, for him. And I've really liked all of them, Gran Torino and um i'm sure i'll probably like this one however trouble with the curve uh has been my favorite of his post-western films. i have not seen trouble with the curve um just very I mean, good you probably know this but for the rest of you he is 91 years old you can definitely tell in the movie that he is an old man but he is still pretty spry uh just he still jogs every day what's that he still he, jogs every day. He used to he used to dig pools back in the day. I mean, by hand. So when they couldn't get the uh, the backhoe behind somebody's house, he would go back there and he would dig the pool by hand. Uh, and I have a great Clint Eastwood story real quick, and then we'll get on to the crux of what we're doing today. Uh, I have a buddy from Ohio where I grew up, older, older guy, uh, who is serving in Vietnam. And he got sent back to San Diego from Vietnam to San Diego. Uh, he had a couple of weeks off and then he was going to get restationed. And he was just kind of seeing the sights of San Diego. And he had the San Diego Zoo on his list for that particular day. And just before he left, he, he was hoping that he was going to be stateside. He really thought he was going to be stateside for the rest of his tour. Uh, he got his, his paperwork on his way out the door on that particular day and he was going back to Vietnam. And he just, I mean, you can imagine it's not, not anything any soldier wants to hear. Yeah. So he said, he just kind of wandered around, you know, he didn't even know how he got to the zoo. He, he was at the zoo, he's just kind of wandering around, you know, just in a daze, like a zombie. He got to where the bears were and he said, he just just started crying, you know, just, just crying. He said, somebody grabbed his hand and squeezed it and said, hey, you know, whatever it is, it's gonna be okay. And he turned, and it was Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was standing there holding his wow. hand, telling him it was going to be okay. And so he just broke down, like sobbing, you know, and he, Clint Eastwood gave him a hug and he said, you know what, just, just let it out. It's going to be all right, whatever it is, you know. So really cool Clint Eastwood story. Uh, it just puts a personal, you know, yeah, 
you know, edge onto it. Uh, well, good person, good heart. Um, Vic was an amazing right. guy. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad I got to know Vic as well. Uh, but uh, just good person. So if you get a chance to see the movie, by all, all means, go see it. Well, it has nothing to do with real estate. But uh, <laughs> and what a lot of people don't know that in uh, in life, besides being uh, very conservative and very politically involved in our world, he's funny. Uh, so when you were living in California and I was living in L.A., uh, I took a lot of classes at the American Film Institute because I'm eat up with movies and have been. So to have a son that wants to be a film director is uh, no surprise to me. And so I did a, a class called Directors on Directing, and it was uh, about 50 people only. And it was a two to three hour class because uh, it was a, a auditorium class, but it had no set time to it. So what we would do is we would go watch a film that had not been released yet with the director. And then with the big Q&A for about an hour. And we did a, a movie called White Hunter Black Heart, which is a Clint Eastwood film based on the life of John Houston. And he was there for two hours afterwards. And I laughed my butt off. That dude has a wicked sense of humor. So I've seen I've seen him cracking jokes on the stage at CPAC in the past. Uh, he used to be the mayor of Monterey. Uh, which mm-hmm. is a, a town in Northern California. Amazing guy. Amazing, amazing man. Uh, I hope he makes some more films. 91. It's, you know, most people are just sitting back on their laurels doing nothing. Uh, but, you know, most people are dead. Yeah. I know. I know <laughs> Clint Eastwood doesn't watch us. I don't know that I'm guessing Clint Eastwood probably doesn't watch us, but uh, yeah, hats off to that man. He is, he is an Absolutely. amazing, amazing American, amazing actor, amazing director, uh, amazing individual. Uh, so yeah. moving on. Because we're yes. we've already chewed up almost the whole segment on on Clint Eastwood. Not a bad thing to chew up the segment on, but uh, I'm going to give you some names and we're going to go into break. And I want you to think about these names. Tell me if you know who these people are, okay? Okay. Um, and then we'll go into the break and we'll move on on, on this. Episode. So first is Sam Zell. Yep. You know who that is? Yes. Okay. Alexander Otto. So if you know who they are, just keep it in mind, and, and we'll we'll cover that when we get back on the next break. Alexander Otto. Okay. Stephen Ross, Sun Hong Bin. I know it's Stephen Ross, but Sun Hong Bin, uh, Zhao Wei, Donald Bren, David and Simon Rubin, uh, Wang Jialin, Prince Alawid Ben Talal Al Saud, Yang Hulan, Wai Kayan, Li Shao Ki. And I've got one other name that I'm going to give you on the flip side of this, uh, just 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 to make sure that you, you you've got this. So we're coming up on a break. When we come back, without going on to Google on the break, when we come back, I want you to tell me who those people are. Okay, be back in just a second. Thanks for uh, keeping up with us and uh, paying attention while we were talking about Clint Eastwood. But those names the rest of you you can you can google them if you want but bill you can't google them we'll be back in just uh, i'm good the real estate buyers events hosted by bill barnett and kevin mills are the most powerful way to put high performing investment properties into your portfolio investment properties that exceed 50 percent or greater annual roi in markets where bill and kevin have actual real estate investing experience get the resources 
find people on the ground to add to your team at the next Investors Real Estate Buyers Event. You can find out more information at realestatebuyersevent.com. That's realestatebuyersevent.com. We'll see you there. And we're back. And just before we went on break, I gave Bill a list of about 12 names. And uh, Bill, do, do, you, do you know what the connection is with all of those names? Well, I would guess because of Sam Zell, because when you started with that, I'm like, good, I know that. And then, uh, but because you said connection, I would say they are all uh, mobile home park, trailer park, uh, multifamily owners. Okay. Those are all, those are all real estate investor billionaires. Those are the okay. top 12 real estate investing billionaires in the world. Okay. Very cool. Um, I'm going to give you some numbers for what their values are here in a couple of minutes. Okay. But actually, you know what? I, I, cause this is, this is pretty cool information. Um, Sam Zell, our first name on the list, his net worth is $4.8 billion. Alexander Otto is a European billionaire. His net worth is $12.5 billion, but get this bill. Last year, he added $7.5 billion to that number. Wow. So that, wow. that 15.5, <clears throat> sorry, that 7.5 is with $7 billion that he made last year alone in real estate. San Hong Ben, $9.2 billion. Uh, Zhao Wei. $15.5 billion. You're going to love this. Last year alone, last year alone, he made $13.5 billion with a B in one year on real estate. $13.5 billion. Donald Bren, and you'll know this one. Donald Bren controls the Irvine Company in Irvine, California. They own 14 million plus square feet of, of commercial space. Um, his net worth is 17.5 billion. He actually lost about 2.2 billion dollars last year as real estate in California lost its value. Uh, commercial space is what he's mostly in. Uh, people moved out, people broke their leases, everything else. So he actually lost about 2.2 last year. Uh, David and Simon Rubin, 18 billion dollars. Uh, Wang Jianlin. $20.2 billion. Prince Alawid bin Talal Asad, from, he's a Saudi Arabian prince, okay? He has billions and billions and billions they of dollars. His real estate portfolio, his real estate portfolio is $22.7 billion. Wow. Just wow. in real estate. Uh, Yang Halun is $27 billion. Uh, Hai Kawan is $26.8 billion. Now, for those of you who watch the stock market, okay, Evergrande is Y Kai Young's company. Evergrande has hit a wall now with debt, and we're going to find out whether or not Beijing bails out the debt for that company or not. But he controls that company. He still has $26.8 billion. So when your company's in trouble, without a doubt, You've got trouble, but 
you have 28, sorry, $26.8 billion, even if your company defaults and that's not what you want to happen, uh, you're still, you're still not crying too much. Yeah. Lee Shao Key, $32.3 billion. And the name that I was going to give you just so that you kind of push you along was Donald Trump. Yeah. Okay. Donald Trump is a billionaire real estate investor as well. Donald Trump's net worth is $2.3 billion. Now, I bring this up because living in California, and you and I have both both been and are millionaires, okay? Living in California, I lived amongst multi-millionaires, and it was great, and being a multi-millionaire is great. I've moved to Palm Beach, and I live down the road from a place called Billionaire Row, okay, where the billionaires literally live and have, I don't even know if it's summer places, they just have places just because they want a place on someplace called Billionaire Row, there are yachts that sit just off the coast that are 300, 400 feet long and belong to individuals. They belong to billionaires. They're, they're yachts that cost $400 million, okay? So my net worth is about that, okay? And I'm, when I say net worth, I'm not talking about money in the bank. I'm talking about the value of all the buildings I have and everything else together, okay? I, I sold all of that, I could get a yacht. Okay. That's not what I want. I want to be able to have a yacht and still have these things to make me some money. So, you know, last year I started a course called the guaranteed millionaire blueprint. And I told you, I started a new course called the billionaire training Academy. I've started already with our first few people, our first few consultants. And my, my invitation to you is, will you Start working with me together and let's both become billionaires. Let's both set our, our, our eye on being a billionaire. Okay. Absolutely. So we're going to be new American billionaire real estate investors. So that's my invitation. That's what today's show was about. Cool. So, uh, hey, I'm in, brother. Right. So uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, yacht story. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, I'm, I'm vacationing on St. Bart's. In your yacht? St. Bart's, no. And St. <laughs> Bart's is a, uh, you know, a really uh, cool high-end Caribbean island. Uh, it is the place where the rich and famous go. And so I'm, I'm vacationing in St. Bart's, and I'm walking along the beach, and I'm looking at, at the mega yachts. Well, there's one that has a navy blue bottom. It's just uh, absolutely gorgeous. But it is unbelievably huge. And I'm like, oh, there's a cruise line that I'm unfamiliar with. And they're obviously not mega cruisers because that's a smaller cruise ship for a cruise ship. But man, that is a fabulous looking uh, boat uh, vessel ship. They, they freak out if you say boat ship. And so I walk over to the gangplank and, and there's two uniformed guys standing there. They don't have guns or anything, but they're uniformed guys just standing there. And I'm like, hey, this is, man, what a gorgeous place. Thank you very much. And I'm like, so what cruise line is this? And they said, uh, sorry, sir, this is a private yacht. <laughs> I was like, wow. So to put things into perspective, big. Bill, I belong to the yacht. I belong to the yacht club for years and years and years. Okay. Millionaires, we have a 50-foot boat. Okay, I have a 50-foot Beneteau. I've had a 30-foot, you know, our yachts are 
a lot of people see them they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. That's amazing. That's awesome. But you know what? My boat next to one of these boats, like the, the, that are right off the coast here, it looks like a dinghy. It looks like the boat that the help takes out to the other boat, you know, when it comes time for their shift. That's the perspective. That is the difference. Okay. Wow. So being a millionaire, that's awesome. That's mm. great. But you know, and being a multimillionaire wow. is even better, but being a billionaire puts, puts you in a spot where spending $5 million for an airplane is not a big deal. Spending $400 million for a, a mega yacht is not a big deal. My favorite yacht that I ever saw, by the way, I saw when I was in uh, Singapore, it was right off of right off of Sentosa. And this thing looked like a battleship, but it was a, a private yacht. It had a big giant door in the side that was a garage. And it had like six cars sitting in the side of the boat. So, so if I'm going to be teaching people how to be billionaires, I'm going to do the same exact thing myself. I, I know how to do it. It's just a matter of, I was content being a millionaire. Now we're going to be billionaires. So, so what's our timeline process? Right I'm now. going to do the same thing. What's that? What's our timeline on this? Segment? Our time is we need to go ahead and get into our next segment. So let's go ahead and take a break. Okay, because I'm going to throw you a curveball when we come back. Okay, fits into this that everybody that on, needs on our to hear. on our on our next break. So we'll be back in just a second. Whether you are a new investor or seasoned investor wanting to add high performing real estate properties to your investment portfolio, you should consider joining Bill Barnett and Kevin Mills at their next real estate buyers event. Real estate buyers events are five powerful days aimed at putting performing properties into investors' portfolios. Learn from Bill and Kevin in markets where they actually invest. Learn the strategies they use, where to buy, what to buy, what not to buy. Actual resources and personnel on the ground to start building your team and supercharge your investing efforts. Learn more at realestatebuyersevent.com. That's realestatebuyersevent.com. We'll see you there. And we are back. And just before the break, Bill said he was going to throw me a fastball. And I think his fastball was he moved into a different room. So, uh, yep. <laughs> so you totally um, freaked me I'm, out now. I'm, I'm out of the waterfront. And so I wanted to, uh, yesterday afternoon, I was talking with one of my consulting clients and we were going over numbers. And you and I have done this on the show multiple times, but I did it at an extremely conservative amount. And I wanted to share this with everybody so that they understand this is what all the people that you just spoke about do. This is what you and I do. So I want to uh, go through this. So I got my handy dandy whiteboard because yesterday I was using the whiteboard uh, on a Zoom. And I know you can't read these numbers, so I'll uh, likely, but I'll just jump through them real quick. So the first premise was that let's talk about the time frame that it takes to get to a certain dollar amount that becomes investable. What I do for in one of the consulting programs that you're familiar with is it has a $10,000 uh, a month passive income guaranteed to it that you get there within 24 months. And it is called 10kmonthly.net. So I said, you know, we're going to take the, the first 24 months and we're going to set them aside and we're going to jump to year three because going into year three, you'll have $120,000 that has come in from the previous year. So for the previous 24 months, 
you've accumulated now 120 on passive income. Now we're going into year three. And in year three, we're going to make 40% ROI. And we're going to do it cash on cash. Now, you and I know, and everybody that's in the consulting program, both yours and mine, know 40% we blow out of the water all the time. But for people that aren't doing this, that sounds like a, an unbelievably high number. I was uh, the lady that I was going through this with when she came into the program was like, I just, I, I just don't really believe that you can make 40%. I'm trusting you on this, but I don't really believe you could do that. Well, now when we have conversations and we're going over contracts, she's like, well, I'm passing on that. That's 72%. I'm passing on that because I've got 98 over here and I'm going to do that. And it's like, I, I, I stopped her the other day. I said, you have to stop yourself and listen to what you're saying and think about how far you've come in the last 60 days on what you understood was available, what you thought was available, what you now understand. So we go into year three at 120,000, making 40%. So 40% of that is 48 grand. So we add that to what our principal was at the end of year three, we've got $168,000. These are funds that are all reinvested. You do not spend this money. Okay. So we go into year four with 168, we make 40% which is $235,000. Going into year five, we now have $672,000. So we go into to year five. I'm sorry, I had 172, 235. So going into year five, we've got 235,000, which makes us at 40%, $94,000. So going into year six, we're at 329.2, staying at 40%, we grow that 131,680. So going into year seven, we've got $460,880. So we're almost at a half a million now, just in seven years. And at 40%, we're gonna now grow that 184,325. So going into year eight, now the numbers really start, we hit that tipping point where they really start to escalate. Going into year eight, we're at 645, $645,000, and 40% on that is a quarter of a million dollars. It's $258,093. So a quarter of a million dollars in passive income growth just in year eight. So now going into year nine, we're investing, reinvesting $903,000 at 40% is $361,000. I know you can't see these numbers. Um, so at the end of year nine, we're at 1.264, going into the 10th year at just a 40% rate of growth every year and reinvesting our passive income. We're starting with 120, but we're starting with 120 after 24 months to get to this 120 you need to have a ridiculously small amount of cash. I'm not going to go into that. Right. So this is this is a what real. I mean, I'm going to let you finish, but this is a zero to a million plus strategy. Yeah. What Bill is yep. going over. This is a zero dollars to a million plus strategy in ten years. Is what and on a very conservative structure with a very very conservative uh, return on investment. I'm sorry, Bill. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. So going into our tenth year, and we're just looking at this on 10 years, 
to understand the impact. You know, my, one of my absolute favorite Tony Robbins sayings is that people grossly overestimate what they can achieve in a year and they grossly underestimate what they can achieve in a decade. So we go into year 10. Year 10, we're starting with 1.264, 1,264,000. And at 40%, we're picking up a half a million dollars, $505,000. So starting at zero, going through 10 years, reinvesting at 40%, at the end of the 10th year, we've grown to 1.77, one and three quarters million dollars, $1,770,517 at the end of 10 years. You understand why Kevin and I are always harping at you about if you're not doing this. I, I, I told a guy the other day, and I was very serious, and it offended him a little bit. And I said, oh, sorry, dude. I'm not saying it to offend you. I'm, I'm mentally slapping you. So you'll wake up. If you want to become a millionaire, a billionaire, this is how you do it. You take those funds and you continue to reinvest. 10 years from now, starting with zero, 10 years from now at 40%, and you and I kind of chuckle at the 40% number, at 40%, you can be a hair under $2 million dollars. That's come in in one year. And when you start continuing that on and you do it 12 years and 14 years, you start continuing on, boy, once you hit about, about year six, you cross that tipping point where the number grows so fast every year that you're just like, holy cow. And you know what? The other thing too that Bill isn't explaining is this is a little bite. Okay, this is this is a small. So if you can come up with one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, I promise you, you'll know how to come up with another. hundred. This is just reinvesting the money you're making from that one hundred twenty thousand dollars. This is if you do nothing else to generate any more income other than what your income is already generating for you. Okay, so you know already how to make that one hundred twenty thousand dollars. If you made $120,000 every single year and put this into this exact same kind of strategy, by year, by year seven or eight, you're over a million dollars. By year 12 and 14, you're, you're at multiple millions of dollars and not just in assets, you're talking about in income. Now we went over yeah. numbers like this, just it literally was just yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We went over yep. very real numbers, very conservative returns, uh, actual concerns, uh, <clears throat> returns, sorry. And showed you how, how you could literally get to multi-billions of dollars inside of 10 years. Now, keep in mind that there's, there's a couple of key takeaways from this. First of all, the sooner you get started, the sooner you're going to get to that 10-year point, the sooner you're yep. going to get to that 20-year yep. point. If you keep putting it off, you're just putting it off. You're not getting anything done. Every day you don't start is a day you lost. Okay. Yep. So you can keep putting it off and you're not going to get there. Secondly, okay, understanding how to do this is key. Knowing how to do this is going to be the difference between being successful and not being successful. Third, part of understanding this is understanding that capital, capital makes all of this not only possible, but will make it much easier. The more you understand how to tap into capital and investment capital, the quicker you will grow. A lot of people are like, yeah. I don't want to get into debt. I don't want the debt. I don't want this. I, don't. I promise you, 
It is not just debt. It is return on your investment. Those names that I gave you at the beginning of the show, not one of them did this with their very own pennies. Not one of them did this with their very own money. Warren Buffett started with $10,000 and I believe he borrowed that $10,000. You don't do this with money that you have. You can, if you got it in your pocket, great. Okay. But understand that whatever you have tapping into external capital, and we call it other people's money, no matter whether you're getting from the bank or from an individual, tapping into external capital is what's going to make it happen so much quicker for you. Uh, And then last but not least, you have to set your mind to do this. And, And again, last but not least, but really that's the first thing you have to do is set your mind to do this, make it a commitment. Real quick, Bill, and I'm going to turn it over to you. 90% of millionaires are millionaires because of real estate, 90%. Okay. 10% are millionaires because of Bitcoin and tech and, and everything else. Okay. Jeff Bezos, uh, the Facebook guy, Mark Zuckerberg, those guys fall in that 10%. 90% of millionaires are millionaires because of real estate. 88% of millionaires are self made millionaires. I'm talking about the millionaires that are right now. 88% are self-made millionaires. That other 12% are people who inherited it. uh, People who grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth. Uh, 88% of all millionaires did it on their own for themselves. All right. I'm going to leave it up to you. Okay. So I'm going to wrap out with uh, a fun little story is again, talking to a different client yesterday and he said, well, the, the financing came back on, on this property. I've been approved. Financing came back on it um, at a, a, an amount that I am um, not happy about. And I'm like, okay, so, so I'm going to pass on the deal. And I'm like, well, well, time out. Walk me through the numbers. And he said, well, Bill, the note came back. Again, I got approved, but it came back at 12.99. That's crazy. It's, you know, it's going to kill the deal. And I'm like, really? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, have you run the numbers? Well, no, because it's 13%. It's 1299. And I said, let's run the numbers. So we run the numbers. Now, the reason it was 1299 was not a credit issue. It was because it was a very small amount. It was a, a duplex that we were buying. And, and you know you and I know this. A lot of people don't believe you can do this. We we're buying a duplex in another market for $35,000. And so by the time you do a traditional investment loan, 80-20, and you take $7,000 off of that, it's a $28,000 mortgage. Well, there's just not a lot of lenders that want to do that. They don't want to do that because it costs them a certain amount of dollars, whether they're doing to turn their machine on, if you will, whether they're doing 28,000 or they're doing 128 or 280 or two point, it just really doesn't matter when they get below a certain amount. And with most lenders, it's around 60 grand, sometimes a little higher than that. Um, You can find them that'll do less than that. But when you do, it is going to cost you more money. He goes, well, yeah, you know, so, and I'm like, well, let's, what's the monthly payment? Well, the monthly payment was like $140. And I'm like, now forget the percentage that you're paying, walk through the numbers now with the payment amount inserted in. And it was still a 68% ROIs cash on cash paying 12.99. So 68% 
return on investment, cash on cash. So did we make the offer? You dead gun straight. Yeah. And if he wasn't, if he wasn't happy with that amount in two years, in two years, he would have made enough money to pay off that note. Yeah. He'll have money in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I'll caution you not to overreact with percentages until you put it in place, figure out exactly what the payment is. And when you're talking to a lender and they tell you that, then you ask them, okay, so what does that mean my payment amount is going to be? And they will tell you, and they're a lot more accurate at figuring that stuff than than we're going to be, and certainly than you're going to be. And so find out uh, exactly what the payment amount is, run the numbers. If the numbers work, the numbers work. I don't care. I have borrowed uh, as much as 18% money many times to do a real estate deal because it made massive amounts of sense not to miss the deal because it was a great deal that put a lot of money in my pocket, even though I was paying 18% interest at one time. Now, it was years ago, but at one time I was paying 18%. And it is about the numbers. And you know what? For those of us that were around in the uh, 70s and the 80s, prime was 13%. Well, not prime. Jimmy Carter. Standard, standard was, was 13%. You know, the happiest man on the planet that Joe Biden is president is Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's going, he makes me look so smart. I love this guy. So. Jimmy Carter was a smart man. He just was not a very good, uh, a very good president. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Bill, welcome yes. to the New Billionaires Club. Uh, we're going to do this together. Like you I got said, it. Thanks, man. I'm doing this already I'm with my clients. So let's let's all do it together. Uh, the rest of you, if you're interested in doing it, contact us. We'll go ahead and get you on that same track. Uh, there's no reason why you can't go from zero to billionaire in literally 10 years or less. Uh, those numbers I gave you, those gentlemen that I gave you at the beginning of the show, many of them made $7 billion, $13 billion plus just last year. Uh, and they were they were not even on the list prior to the year before yeah. that. So if you're interested, let us know. We'll see you guys back here on Thursday. Bill, I'll talk to you later. Bill, hang around actually because my daughter wants you to got see it. it. I'll talk to you. All right, cool. Learn more about the Investor Guys podcast, including upcoming events and appearances at www.investorguyspodcast.com. That's www.investorguyspodcast.com.